The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, August 21st, and today is International Day of Remembrance and Tribute to the Victims of Terrorism Day. On top of, guess what, Gretchen? It's Brazilian Blowout Day. It's also National Senior Citizens Day and National Spumoni Day. Oh, yeah. I love Spumoni. I knew you were going to say that. Thank you for joining us. What is Spumoni? Spumoni is, is an Italian like pistachio ice cream that's kind of like a Neapolitan ice cream, but with pistachio in it. Mm, good shit. Yes, thank you. Thank you for all that, Gretchen. Thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top hand corner of your screen to see where we live at the internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. And uh, you can find us in other places, too. And ultimately, you can possibly hear us in other places, but not yet as of today. But nonetheless, we're going to kick it off with the dope dad himself. That's right. It's Rico Lamite, the professional backfloater, as well as backpedaler, as well as everything that's backing that thing up. That's right. It's none other than the Mr. Rico Lamite. Representing for the 9-9 in 2000. You don't have your soundboard, <laughs> huh? You don't have your soundboard, Rico? Uh, you didn't hear that? I didn't hear no applause. Shit. Your shit All I heard were snaps. Snaps from uh... Snaps from Matthew. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Anyway, get started. Oh. The hell with it. <laughs> all these rules. Now we can't hear you now at all. Now we can't hear you at all, Rico. <laughs> Oh man, Are, should we should we just go into Gretchen since he's having all these difficulties? I guess so. I guess we're gonna roll right into our feisty redheaded conservative who thinks that she's a Barbie doll, but nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, make sure you all go out today and make sure you pick up Pineapple Express Barbie today at retail stores everywhere. There she is, the founder of Panaptic Strategies and. Pineapple Express Barbie. It's none other than the Gretchen Gailey. How's it going? Oh, um, yeah. I was not expecting to go first, uh, so I haven't even read my story, so what the hell? We'll, 
well, discover it all together. All right. <laughs> GOP congressman says he'll vote for legal marijuana on Ohio ballot as governor calls the reform a real mistake. With Ohio officials set to certify the ballot language of a marijuana legalization initiative that will appear before voters in November, there are signs of splintering among GOP elected officials in the state. With the governor voicing opposition while a Republican congressman tells Marijuana Moment he plans to vote in favor of the measure. Secretary of State's office announced on Wednesday that advocates turned in enough signatures to qualify for the ballot. And the next step is the State Board of Elections at a meeting on Thursday to approve the exact summary that voters will see when they enter their polling booths on Election Day. The Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol is optimistic that voters will move to end prohibition and enact a regulated cannabis market, with hundreds of thousands of Ohioans having already signed petitions to get the issue on the ballot and polling showing majority support for the reform. But Governor Mike DeWine won't be among those voting yes in November, telling his executive workforce board on Thursday that he believes it would be a real mistake for us to have recreational marijuana, adding that he visited Colorado following its move to legalize in 2012 and saw what he argued is an unmitigated disaster. I would just ask people to look what's happening in other states and see if it's really what we want to bring to Ohio. CTRMLA spokesman Tom Heron told Marijuana Moment on Friday that the campaign looked to other states as they crafted the cannabis initiative, drawing from their best practices to ensure the Ohio marijuana system is positioned to supplant the illicit market, promote public health, and generate revenue. It's been 10 years since the first few states took this step, and none have reversed it, he said. These programs have been successful. The sky has not fallen. He pointed to a recent legislative analysis from Colorado that shows the state took in more tax revenue from marijuana sales than either alcohol or cigarettes in the last fiscal year. Ohio itself stands to generate up to $404 million annually from adult-use cannabis sales, according to an analysis published this week. While the governor might not count himself among the majority in favor of the legalization proposal, a GOP congressman is officially backing the measure himself. A spokesperson for Representative Dave Joyce, co-chair of the Congressional Cannabis Caucus, told Marijuana Moment on Thursday that he is supportive of the measure and plans to vote yes. That appears to be the first time that the congressman has endorsed the initiative, as he previously said that he needed to review the details when pressed on it during the signature gathering phase of the campaign. He did tell Marijuana Moment late last month that he would have signed the petition to get it on the ballot so that voters could decide. Heron, the campaign spokesman, said they are thrilled to have Congressman Joyce's support and are grateful for his advocacy on the issue in Congress, where he's championed various reforms and worked to build bipartisan coalitions around legislation to free up banking services for the cannabis industry and take steps to be prepared for eventual federal legalization, for example. Uh, the congressman's support shows that this is an issue that crosses political lines and is truly nonpartisan. And this story goes on and on for days and days. Uh, but the fact of the matter is Ohio is going to vote. I think they are going to vote along lines with uh, Representative Joyce uh, and tell Governor Mike DeWine to stick it. Um, I do see there being difficulty ahead, though, for this, uh, for this, uh, whatchamacallit, legalization, uh, especially if the governor is not on board. If you're moving into a state with an unfriendly governor, things do not go well. But luckily for the people of Ohio... Uh, governors have term limits. This is Gretchen for Hyatt Nine News. Uh, quick, quick question, Gretchen. Mm -hmm. Why, why are they concerned with um, 
Congressman Dave Joyce's opinion on this when he deals with federal issues, and this seems to be a, just a state issue. Well, he is a state representative of under, the people. I and so if that. he is advocating for it, then perhaps he knows what his constituents might want. And perhaps a constituent who might not know whether or not they should vote about it, they'll be like, oh, Dave Joyce is for it. I mean, all they're getting from him is support. So okay. perhaps he all helps right. swing people who might be interested in voting for swing it. Swaying the court of public opinion. Andy's a Republican. Yep. And, you know, Ohio is conservative. That is right. That is very, very true. So make sure if you're in Ohio, you go out and vote this election. We'll see what happens. We'll be covering it here live at High at Nine News. What do you think about Anyone this? Anyone else care? Do you think about, about Ohio? this at all, Matthew? Uh, in 1994, on the way to the Grateful Dead, we met some lovely people in o Southern Ohio, and we traded them a bunch of weed for nitrous balloons. Amazing. Matt, I have nothing to nothing to add about Ohio. I'm sorry. Nothing to add. I think it, about Ohio. it would be interesting to know what Governor Dewine thinks uh, is horrible. I think since he said he went to Colorado and it was just well, it's awful. Pro it's probably because he tried that dusty weed that just crumbles and doesn't do anything. <laughs> well, I, it didn't say that he got your booth weed, Jason. Back, I don't know. My weed is the fire, fire, fire uh -huh, girl. I'm not sure uh -huh. what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I mean. All right. No one cares about Ohio, I can see. I, I, I care about Ohio, Gretchen. Ohio's the, the Buckeye State. It is the Buckeye State, That's Jason. right. That's right. How, how are, are you guys have Buckeyes out? You're already... What's that? None. You know, none in California? No. No, ma'am. None west of the no. Mississippi. Really? Is that really a thing? Truth, yeah, like Cardinals, too. Cardinals yep. aren't west of the Mississippi? Nope. Only the first time I saw a Cardinal in Arkansas, I almost made my friend crash his car because I freaked out so bad. The only, the it's only, like a bright red Blue Jay, dude. I couldn't deal. The, 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 only, the, the only Cardinals out here are in the Catholic Church, Gretchen. Oh, and I also learned y'all don't have fireflies. That's just so We do wrong. not have fireflies. My friend is actually FedExing me some fireflies. fireflies. Don't tell anybody. My friend's actually FedExing me a box of fireflies. Everything <laughs> is better on the East Coast. Is, is, is that, is I'm going to literally try to... I'm going to try to start a new invasive pest of fireflies in California. Sorry, you guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think you should just bring all of these uh, fireflies to um, to Burning Man, Matthew. Ooh. Oh, they'll die. Nothing lives on the playa except people high on acid. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. That's one of the cool things about Burning Man is there's no mosquitoes. There's no bugs at all. Mm -hmm. A giant alkaline lake bed. All right. Well, we're, we're going to keep it moving. I'm, right. I'm just going to roll into my story. I'm not sure where the hell Rico went, but... He's trying to figure it out, I imagine. So I have some very interesting news for you guys. I want to see what you guys think about this. Because there's a survey. Survey says and shows half of Americans have tried marijuana. Let's see how many say they still do. That's right. For the first time. Dude, haven't we done this story like six times in the past two weeks? We've never done this story, Gretchen. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Let's do this again. Yeah, like there's room for a survey like can, this can to be we, updated every couple of weeks. Can we do a poll? Can we do a poll for our listeners? Have we done this story in the past well, few weeks? I haven't heard. Um, this story. Dad works so hard at this show. Just I, let I him do the story. I All right, go ahead. I do it again. I haven't heard this story, so if, well, if then you we haven't have paid attention it, to your own damn show. I can't. I pay attention to everything. That's why I'm saying we haven't covered this story. Okay, keep it moving. Okay. Let's go. All right. Nonetheless, thanks for the rude interruption, Gretchen. You're welcome. Barbie. <laughs>
pineapple Barbie. But nonetheless, for the first time, 50% of Americans say they have tried marijuana at one point, according to this year's Gallup poll, Consumption Habits Survey. The new high point shows a slight increase from last year's 49% and 2021's 48% results. That's probably what Gretchen's referring to. The latest figure is also statistically higher than the 45% results from Gallup's 2017 and 2019 survey showing a growing trend. A separate question in the survey showed that one in six Americans at 17% currently use marijuana, just 1% higher than last year's results, and a new high in the polls trend since 2003. That amount has more than doubled since 2013, where only 7% of Americans said they consume cannabis. In a quote, as marijuana has become more available to Americans and legal in an increasing number of states, their, their reports on use and experimentation have increased too, the survey said. Experimentation with marijuana among most subgroups is on par with the national average, but the rate of current use varies more and is highest among young adults, they say. Gallup conducted the findings from July 3rd through July 27th. The analytics company said the longer trend of more Americans saying they have tried marijuana shows a sharp increase in experimentation in the first decade since the initial measure from 1969 to 1977, and the number rose from 4% to 24%, and then another 9 percentage points by 1985. Then the amount stayed under 40% until 2015. Gallup has previously shared that current cannabis use in most is, is most common with young adults ages 18 to 34, representing 29%, and adults aged 35 to 54 represent 17% of current use, and adults aged 55 and older make up 9%. So much for the senior citizens being the largest growth. But nonetheless, the difference between men and women using cannabis isn't significant, according to the Gallup poll. And meanwhile, adults without a college degree are nearly twice as likely to smoke weed than college graduates. And only 12% of Republicans consume marijuana, while 21% of Democrats and 17% of independents, they say. Well, 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 these are some interesting numbers. I can't wait to hear what Gretchen has to say about this on her little data crunch. Because I don't remember any of these numbers from two weeks ago or one week ago. Or well, you must have been high as a kite because we did it on August 10th. I found the story. You found the story show. on August <laughs> 10th. <laughs> August 10th, Rico did it. I'm not sure if this is the same represents the same uh, information. It's the same damn Gallup. You, you think Gallup is out there every day doing these marijuana oh, polls? They're, they're galloping yeah. around town 100%. the political party breakdown. Yes, mm -hmm. they're, they're galloping around. You will see it also Wednesday night at the Republican... Uh, debate oh man i can't wait to watch that that's gonna oh, be that's so gonna interesting oh uh, yes exactly anyway fantastic yay people are smoking people are smoking people more and more Whoop. people are smoking weed 50 percent of americans say that they've tried it at least once mm -hmm. and i think people are now owning up to it i think this number is probably higher you think it's significantly higher, higher. do you guys remember when you were like in high school or whatever they sent those uh surveys around where you were supposed to anonymously identify whether or not you had tried any anything alcohol cigarettes whatever people are not honest on these things <laughs> no they're they are not they are not i i saw i saw a couple of studies of they they were asking high school kids if they had smoked cannabis and i was just like these kids are not going to tell you the truth 
going to tell. Yeah. yeah. Especially when it's an online survey and you can trace it back to an IP number. Yeah. And not to mention the, the ones, the ones that do admit it, you know, those ones are going to be the ones that snitch. So you should stay away from those ones. Oh man, Rico, are you back with us, Rico? Back like I left something. Back like I back like the story you just took from me from last week. Mm -hmm. I don't know about all that. Bro. I, I, haven't, I haven't heard this story. This is all new news to me. Fifty percent of Americans. Yeah, and 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 I find it fascinating that none of you guys told me before the show that we had already covered this. So thank you all, team. For Dude, I haven't my even read my own story. It's, Why it's, am I gonna I'm just, your I'm story? just. You're a slacker, girl. You're on the East Coast. It's already almost I'm one o'clock there. I'm working hard. I'm halfway through my day. I'm busy. That's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You 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 of all people. Oh, shut up. You just, people get to hang out, wake up in the morning, drink your coffee, start doing the show to start people. your day. You, Yeah, you people. You people. You, you are you, three hours behind us. Yeah, exactly. You, you Californians. Yeah, act like this is big, Yeah, I'm already hours. like two calls deep. I've already been having to be bitched at. And... Mm -hmm. I already rolled Whatever. a blunt and smoked part of it and had See, some coffee. See, that. St. Germain is all over this shit. Mm -hmm. Damn. The risers. Always. As always. <laughs> 50% of me has smoked weed today. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. We got nothing new to say. Next story. All right. Let's let's roll let's roll into Rico. Rico, can we you, we can finally hear you now. So let's let, let's hear what you have to yes. say. Yes. Let's roll. Oh look, he got his sound, his sound effects applause. fixed and everything. Oh, it's cute. Gretchen was asking me about applause and I hit the button and boom. It's nothing. Done. I blame it. I blame it on the uh, the slurricane we're we're currently going through. Oh, I blame you can blame everything on Hillary. I think. Yeah, I guess so, man. She never dies. Acid rain, all of that shit. <laughs> a bit of closure was given this weekend to the families of those who died. <laughs> Sorry, bad transition there. Those who died um, two years ago in the deadliest hot air balloon accident in New Mexico's history. After ruling out the possibility of mechanical mal malfunctions in Failures, the National Transportation Safety Board investigators claim to now have definitive proof that the balloon's pilot, Nicholas Molesky, was high on cocaine and cannabis when he hit power lines, sending all five people aboard plummeting 100 feet to their death. Among the dead was Malinsky, 62, um, Susan Montoya, 65, her husband, John Montoya, 61, Mar Martin Martinez, uh, 59, and his wife, Mary, also 62. In his final report, NTSB investigators concluded Molesky's recent use of cocaine and cannabis likely had impairing effects, contributing to the June 26, 2021 crash. The pilot failed to maintain proper clearance before striking power lines while trying to land in Albuquerque. Post-collision, the balloon's basket detached and dropped 100 feet to the ground, instantly killing all aboard except poor 61-year-old John Montoya, who uh, the only passenger to initially survive, who later succumbed to his injuries at the University of New Mexico Hospital. Molesky's family said in a statement, their hearts go out to the families of the victims. Whether you crew for a pilot or are a veteran in the skies, may the winds welcome you with softness. May the sun bless you with its warm hands. May you fly so high and so well that God joins you in laughter and sets you gently back into the loving arms of Mother Earth. Jesus. 
Not sure that went well. <laughs> that final line went well with the family, but at least it's something, I guess. Uh, Martin, Martin Martinez uh, worked as a police officer, first for the city of Albuquerque, later for its public school system before retiring. Susan Montaya uh, was an assistant uh, school pr uh, principal, and her husband worked uh, with special education students. Federal officials said the crash was the deadliest in New Mexico history and surprisingly just the second deadliest in the U.S. since 2016. Albuquerque's home to an annual international balloon fiesta that draws thousands of spectators every October. It's a sad story all around, and hopefully uh, now the NTSBS investigation has come to a conclusion that deceased families will soon begin to heal. Um, though all blame can and should be directed towards Molesky's choices pre-launch and his company's failure to keep these folks safe, um, I wouldn't be surprised if this incident somehow became the latest red meat for prohibitionists looking to rein in the, um, the successes tied to New Mexico's nascent in industry. I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street. Apparently y'all can hear me now, but um, I'll hear from you guys on this one. What do you think, Jason? Going up in a hot air balloon anytime soon? I, I don't know, but I, I am not a fan of hot air balloons. I just, I really, I think that they scare the shit out of me. And if I went up in one, I would definitely want to parachute and I would probably just jump out and parachute down. Realistically, you know how hard it was. Hot air ballooning three different times, and What's I'm light? not afraid of heights at all. But um, first of all, this is just absolutely tragic. What a horrible, horrible way to to pass away. And um, you know, you're right. This is you know more you know let's blame marijuana. Right at the end of the day, it comes down to individuals' choices, and guaranteed that there are rules and regulations in place that he just completely dismissed. Um, Why can't we just blame so, the cocaine? I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what substance. He made choices. He made mm -hmm. choices that severely impacted a lot of other people. How many people were okay, all so in this hot air balloon with him? There's five people, five including people. him. You can fit yeah. six people in that little baby basket? Well, some of them are bigger than little baby baskets, Jason Beck. When you do go up in them, especially when you're doing commercial um, flights, they can fit up to 10 to 12 people in those baskets, depending on how big they are. How do you move around in that thing with 10 or 12 people really in there? You're not supposed really to do claustrophobic. cartwheels. I mean, it's close quarters. Mandy, did you feel safe? I did. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a whole the instruction um, that they give the riders before you get in. Um, there was the companies that we used had lots of people, you know, testing all the belts and making sure that everything was strapped together really well before we took off. Um, you know, as a rider, I knew what to expect. The, the pilot was very like specific about the way you had to behave when you're inside the basket. He said no jumping jacks. Didn't say no jumping jacks, but he said, you know, you're not, you, you can't move. You're like, whoever you're next See? to, you're like shoulder Yeah, you're, shoulder. you're like, you're, you're piled in there like a bunch of sardines in a can. It's snug for sure. It's snug. Sure. That's cute, Mandy. That's cute. It's it snug. is. Uh, you can pay for private, private tours too. So oh, I, I've done it both ways. I've done private and I've done it with a, a group of people. And at the end of the day, it's, it really is up to the pilot. There's lots of rules. I've, I've, I've paid for um, tours that have been canceled because the wind was just one degree too fast or whatever, or one mile per hour too fast. There's so many different reasons why they postpone these sorts of trips. 
Um, so, there's so, lots of rules around hot air balloons. So have they came out and said that it's because of the pilot's fault um, in, in regards with, with this crash? Or, or could it be something that was weather-related since you're speaking That was about the whole this? point of his story. Were you not listening? Well, pilot air. Because no he was high as a kite. I, I, I don't, I don't know if I can believe that. I don't know if I can believe that. Okay. I mean, it said that they investigated and that they found no other reason yeah. to determine any other, you know, fault. So. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, people drive on cannabis all day, but yet some guy can't drive a hot air balloon on cannabis is just beyond me. Well, you know, Jason, I, I had the idea to invent a cold air balloon, but, you know, it never really took off. I bet. <laughs> I bet. I bet. But it would still float in water. Still high in the air. And I know, Jason, I know everyone here on the show claims, you know, they are the greatest operator of anything when they're high on cannabis. But you don't know how this guy reacts to it. You don't know uh, what kind of interaction it had with the cocaine. And if he had to make a quick uh, decision on whether or not to flip a switch or do something. I mean, he easily How many switches are there in a hot air balloon, Gretchen? I don't fucking know, exactly. but there's, there's they no got to decide on up and down. There's and maybe no the idiot decided to go down. You turn the gas on, you turn the gas off. You turn the gas off. Jason Beck, I'm not listening to you and your vast hot air, hot air balloon <laughs> experience, all right? Just I think there are some decisions that need to be made to get people safely up and down. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Like You're an idiot. Whatever. Haters are going to hate because that's what haters do. Uh, you make it so easy. A big, big shout out. Big shout out and love to uh, to everybody involved, and especially the, the hot air balloon community. Um, yeah, just make sure you know your, your instructor, I guess. I don't even know. what hey, Mandy, you've been up there a couple of times. Like, like what are some uh, signs that you would uh, or, or some advice you would give people? And make sure that you're running with a company that has really good consumer ratings, first of all. And you can always call that. You should be able to call them and talk to a person and ask all the questions that you need to ask to make yourself feel comfortable. I mean, ultimately, you're going hundreds of feet in the air. So it's at your own risk to some extent, right? I mean. Did you have to sign waivers when you did it? Yeah, you have to sign a waiver. See, anything you got to sign a waiver for. Nope, nope, nope. Yep. You're gonna die. Would, would you rather die. die like in a hot air balloon like this or in a submarine? Hot air balloon for sure. <laughs> in, in a submarine, you would just like implode from the pressure. Yeah, you just, that'd be. I think oh, yeah, so much anxiety <laughs> in a submarine. I couldn't have withstood it. Like I would. See, I would. <laughs> I'm I'm scared of heights, so I would die in a hot air balloon. I I do not I'm like even being on ladders. <laughs> No, Gretchen, no, no. Gretchen, how how many hey, how many things do you think that a hot air balloon driver does? What do you mean? Like how many things do they have to do while they're steering that balloon up in the air? I think they have to monitor the wind conditions. I think they have to, you know, monitor how much. Uh, I don't even know. It's not helium, but whatever the hell they're it's pushing helium. back and it's forth. Helium. Hot air, it's, it's hot, hot air. air. It's wind yeah. conditions and altitude. It's not just then hot you, air. Yeah. There's a flap at the top that lets the hot air out of the balloon. There's a burner at the bottom that puts hot air in the balloon. Those two controls is your altitude, and at your altitude, you have different winds going different ways. Nowadays, it's easy. They have little iPads that actually show them the wind at different altitudes, and so they can really program and cruise pretty pretty easy. 
Sir, how do you steer okay. and stuff and not hit that's power not, that's, lines? That's, 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 that's no steering. There's no steering. Well, then you're fucked. Absolutely am I never getting in one of those There's no steering. This is some 1800s bullshit, you guys. No. 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 No steering. So, so you saying that this is some NTSB bullshit? I think this is a it's I a conspiracy am. between the NTSB and Big Hot Air. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Matthew. I'm, I'm with I think, Matthew I think Big I Balloon is, is trying to pull the wool over our eyes, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're, try, they're trying to put a big whippet. No, okay. <laughs> they'll put them in the dirt. Rico, <laughs> does it go into any more? information on what happened to this balloon why it went down other than they're he's blaming the drugs i get it but i mean did he do something wrong does it say what he did wrong no it's been a two-year investigation i got that but apparently you can't steer these fuckers so yeah it has been a two-year investigation and when have you ever seen a power line that's hundreds of feet in the air gretchen but he would have been descending, Jason. That's the whole point is he descended in the wrong place. Yeah, but if you're going to hit some power lines, Gretchen, you're already almost to the ground, so no one's going to die. You might get hurt. Said that the basket it would have been high tension wires, Hello, too. you catch on fire, jackass. You get electrocuted <laughs> when you hit the power lines. You're not going to survive the fall after you've been toasted. I'm pretty sure you'd survive that. I would uh, survive Wasn't there an NFL player this happened to recently? I, I would survive it. Couple years ago, got hit in a hot air balloon, and he survived, but he was. Must have been I whippets. think that these passengers' uh. age and frailty may have played a bit of a role. But yeah. 100 feet is yeah, a long fall. Senior. 100 feet—that's yeah. a—that's a big fall. That is a big fall. They were all senior citizens. I just really feel feel bad for the guy who survived, mm-hmm. and then he died later, like thanks to his injuries. That—that that had to have stopped. So bad. Oh. All right, let's move along. All right, let's go. We we got to go to a commercial. We're going to be downer. we're going to be right back. I know. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh, yes. Stop whatever you're doing and make sure you hit that like button. Also, too, make sure that you're subscribed to the channel if you haven't subscribed already. And make sure you check out our website, www.hyatt9news.com. Share it with your friends because we believe that organic growth is the best growth. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. This former North, uh, NorCal cop and uh, current dope dad is now a security consultant at CC Security Solutions, and he's here to help us all improve our chances at survival, even if you are in a hot air balloon. Chris Edgar, what do you have for us this morning? I'm ready. Rico Happy Monday, everybody. I hope everybody had a great weekend, and uh, thoughts to everybody in Southern California. I hope everyone's doing well and, and is safe down there. 
Um, my article today comes out of CBS Bay Area. Uh, it's from just a couple days ago. Martinez uh, police officers shoot and kill unarmed person while responding to a cannabis uh, burglary. Uh, four Martinez police officers were shot uh, shot and killed one unarmed person after responding to a report of a burglary at a cannabis dispensary Friday morning. Uh, police said and in, in, uh, confirmed by the attorney general's office. The shooting occurred about 3.30 a.m. when officers responded to an alarm set off uh, at uh, on a dispensary on Sunrise Drive. Police were told multiple people and two vehicles were inside the or were at the business. Um, White said that in the, new, the news release that officers arrived, one of the vehicles described as a white SUV fled the scene. Officers broadcasted that shots were fired and there was an assault on a police officer. The second vehicle attempted to flee and then crashed into a fire hydrant. Two occupants of the vehicle were transported uh, to a local hospital. I read this um, story through several different media outlets and um, basically what they're saying is that one of the the second vehicle allegedly uh, drove at one or more of the officers and four officers ended up uh, firing shots. One of the articles said that a passenger had a firearm um, inside that vehicle. Um, but the California Department of Justice is investigating this um, There'll be multiple independent reviews because uh, of the shootings, uh, multiple agencies involved. And from my understanding, the dispensary was closed for some time and uh, is now open. Um, super unfortunate, you know, that this happened. Um, I'm curious to see how the details play out as far as why the officers fired their weapons. Um, something to note. That I think is important for for some folks maybe to understand, or maybe maybe this is interesting to some folks as we start to read um, about law enforcement shootings. But you know, one of the things is that you cannot create the exigency. So you know, to say that a vehicle is you know speeding at you uh, and then you discharge your firearm and and got into a shooting, um, there's going to be a, an investigation to see you know how tactics played out because you can't create that exigency of of stepping in front of the vehicle, for example. So. Um, that's my article on this Monday. Uh, again, hope everybody had a safe weekend, uh, with the storm, Hillary, everyone down in Southern California, we're thinking about you. I hope everyone's safe and doing well. Uh, my name is Chris Eggers and I'm reporting for the Hyatt nine news hour. Chris, are you saying that, that, that if, if, if a cop is, uh, is trying to stop you by standing in front of the moving vehicle that they legally cannot do that? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying that. I'm saying, uh, well, one, that's just horrible tactics, right? So you can't create the exigency. You can't say, hey, you know, Jason Beck, you're driving your car and I step in front of it to stop it and then, you know, shoot at the vehicle because you were driving at me, right? I caused that to some degree by stepping in, in front of the vehicle. So tactics absolutely matter. I think it's also important to for people to understand, you know, I've worked around multiple different law enforcement agencies um when i was a police officer and and tactics are, are super important to avoid getting into situations like this um not all departments train the same and uh i think it's important to know that i think people tend to believe that you know all cops receive the same training and sort of have the same experience and that that's just not true yeah yeah i saw this i so, saw this i'll go ahead rico i was, I was gonna say uh so did they find guns on the other two people? What's interesting is I, I read I read this article. Uh, was it just the shots fired from the cops? 
So it's a little bit unclear, Rico. Um, I've read this story from multiple media outlets, and only a few of them are reporting that the passenger in the vehicle that was shot at had a, had a firearm, but none of the articles are saying that that person discharged their firearm. So unknown. Um, I have no information to say that that there were shots returned from you know any suspects or or potential offenders. Yeah, but um, if 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 law enforcement uh, instantly sees a firearm in a subject's hand, don't they have the right to shoot him? I mean, that's just that's a blanket statement. That's I, I would. That's a tough one to say. I mean, I've 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 been on multiple they're, scenes where people in the commission of, of committing a crime. Shoot, they're in the. I'm sorry. They're, they're in the commission. They're in the commission of committing a crime. All right, they just robbed this dispensary, and so if if law enforcement sees the getaway car and they happen to be able to spot a firearm inside of it, don't they have the right to shoot them? Oh. Who says it was a firearm? It could be a cell phone. How many times has it been a cell phone? How many, how many times has it been something that's, else that, that wasn't that's a, not, that's uh, not what I'm. That's not what I'm asking, Rico. That's not what you I'm asking. You think they just get to shoot a guy? Shoot a guy? Not in their hand, in, in the car. So, so Jason, I mean, like, I, I, I'm not exactly sure if this is what you mean, so I don't want to speak for you, but, but no, I would say no, right? You have to have um, other extenuating circumstances, in my opinion, right? Not just the presence of a firearm. I mean, what are they doing with the firearm? Or, is, or to Rico's point, is it a firearm? Yeah, they could be exercising their Second Amendment rights, man. I'm, I'm all, I'm all about that. But I, I, I do know too. I did see, um, and I don't know if you touched on this at all, Chris. But they did say that the California uh, DOJ um, was going to definitely investigate this thing because it was um, a officer-involved shooting in regards with some of the suspects being unarmed as well. Exactly. And that's in accordance with Assembly Bill uh, 1506. So the California Department of Justice absolutely is going to conduct an investigation. So will the DA's office in likely Contra Costa County, as well as, you know, Martinez PD. So there's a whole bunch of independent and parallel investigations that that will be conducted. Yeah, this, so, one could get, this one could get interesting. I hope it stays boring, but uh, this one could get very interesting. Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, it's, it trips me out, too, like in Martinez. I mean, when, when Martinez first passed an ordinance to, to allow for medical cannabis, they actually passed an ordinance that was so restrictive that the only place you could actually open up a dispensary is if you went out into the Delta and built an island and put the dispensary on that island. And so it's just so, so crazy to me. Was this dispensary on an island? No, this was not on an island. This was on a, on a street, Rico, as you can see, by them hitting a fire hydrant with the water in the pitcher. Well, I think it's nice that they responded to the uh, alarm that they cared, that the cops showed up. Rare. It's rare. Well, no, there, well, we've seen so many videos of, of, of cops pulling up and watching people just like get in the cars and, and drive away and or not respond at all. Right. It's, it, well, yeah, more along the lines of not respond at all. Every time I've had to call law enforcement for some kind of cue that's happened against my business, it's taken hours for response, sometimes days. Yeah, but I will say this. I would say um, Martinez is the is the 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 what I would say the capital city of Contra Costa County. That's where um, the man, the men's central jail is. That's where the main court is for Contra Costa County. So um, it does not surprise me at all with the, with the response time because they have Martinez per, uh, police. They have um, they have Highway Patrol that also patrols um, Martinez. And so it doesn't surprise me about the response time. Not to 
mention too, this is in a, a neighborhood that, um, from what residents are saying, is a very well like monitored, community involved type of neighborhood. So I'm not surprised at all in the response time. It's definitely not yeah. Oakland. Yeah, Martinez is. I mean, Jason, you, you just touched on it. It's a, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd say it's like a sleepy town, but it's not. You know, it's doesn't really have a lot of. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, if you're driving around after 10 o'clock, driving through the streets of Martinez, the only thing you're pretty much doing is selling drugs. Or there's, buying drugs. There's not, there's not a whole lot to do in Martinez unless you're like driving to Walnut Creek or something to go to O'Kearney's or something. Why are we headed out to that island? The island where they probably have streets on, Jason. There, there, there is no island, Rico. That's a fake island. <laughs> I mean, Martinez is not a big place either, right? So, I mean, it's not that far. I'm looking at a map right now. It's not that far from uh, the courthouse and, and everything else you just talked no, about, Jay. It's, it's, it's very small. It's like, it has like two exits off the freeway, yeah. and it's just and, – and, and that's it. And then you drive down the main street. There's a couple residentials, and then all of a sudden you're in downtown Martinez, which is like Old Town Sacramento, and that's where all the, the police stations are, the courthouses, the jails, everything. It's like very, very old school, like Old Town Sacramento. And that's lasts for like three or four blocks, and that's it. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to keep it moving. We got a commercial? I feel like I just you got, got a tour of Martinez. You did. You did. You did. Let's roll. Let's run the commercial, Jesse. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And... With the tower propelling at 2,600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Oh, yeah. Coming up next, that's right, is Miss Mandy Tingler. She's a mom. She is a cannabis owner. She's also an edibles cup judge for the Emerald Cup and wants to show you how an executive lifestyle and motherhood and actually being involved in cannabis for some reason shows what all the lifestyles can all go together. That's right. It's none other than the Miss Mandy Tingler. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> that was awkward. <laughs> But good morning, everybody. Today, my article comes to us from da, 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 Marijuana Moment. And I'm excited to share with you that it has a lot to do with our DEA. Today, a company focused on developing marijuana-derived pharmaceuticals is suing the Drug Enforcement Administration over what it calls exponential delays in the agency's process for granting licenses to grow cannabis for medical research. Rhode Island-based MMJ Biopharma Cultivation Inc. filed a petition for writ of uh, mandamus in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit on Friday, alleging that the DEA's year-long licensing application process has hamstrung the company's business and prevented innovation that could benefit patients. It's asking the federal court to compel the agency to act. Despite being this process in November 2017, despite 
beginning this process in November of 2017, the company says in the lawsuit, MMJ has been unable to conduct the research that it was created to do. MMJ is working to produce a gel capsule containing cannabis extracts, which it says is intended to treat multiple sclerosis and Huntington's disease. While it previously received DEA authorization to import marijuana into the U.S. from Canada, MMJ later applied for permission to cultivate cannabis in-house for research and development purposes. Registration is essential to MMJ's ability to conduct FDA-sanctioned clinical trials, the company says, because without the ability to cultivate their own marijuana, they are unable to produce the proper compound. MMJ asserts that the DEA's pre-registration investigation for the license obligation began in June of 21 and lasted through the following October. At the end of the visit, the diversion investigator informed MMJ that they would return to the DEA office, write up the report, and submit the report to their supervisor, who would then submit those findings to the DEA headquarters for final determination, the suit says. According to the petition, no final determin determination ever came. Despite numerous attempts to follow up and check the status of the registration, Approval, determination, approval for determinations for manufacturing, EA personnel have expressed to MMJ that they have not yet made final determinations and they have no idea when that determina determination will be made, it said. The company inquired about the status of the registration nearly six months later in April of 2022. EA personnel responded, why do you want to know? Filing alleges. And Recently, in June 2023, they said that they'll get to it when they get to it. While DEA has found MMJ's security and diversion, diversion plans sufficient for researcher registration, the company adds the agency has been unable to make a determination for MMJ's cultivation manufacturing registration for some inexplicable reason, which has not been articulated to MMJ. Lawyers for MMJ argue that the DEA has failed to meet its obligations under federal law, including cannabis research legislation, the Medical Marijuana and Cannabidiol Research Expansion Act that President Joe Biden signed into law late last year in order to expedite the licensing process. In relevant part, the lawsuit says the research bill mandated DEA application responses within a 60-day period, a window that in MMJ's case has long passed. EA has flagrantly ignored the deadlines put in place by the CSA and the MCREA, as well as ignored the requests of the sitting president of the United States, the suit says. MMJ isn't alone in its frustration over the, over the federal government's protected cannabis bureaucracy. For years, bipartisan congressional lawmakers have worked or demanded DEA's delays, especially for its failure to license more cultivation for research purposes. In 2019, Republican, or excuse me, Representative Buddy Carter, also Republican, slammed DEA as the epitome of ineptitude saying that the agency was failing the American public by failing to reschedule cannabis. A year later, 11 bipartisan members of Congress sent a letter saying that the DEA's sluggishness was costing Americans jobs. That helped later lead to the passage of the 2022 Medical Marijuana Research Bill, which aimed to speed the process. And in recent years, several research growers have obtained licenses. Today, the DEA lists eight 
book approved marijuana growers on its website, the critics say production is still very limited. Even the DEA has recognized some delays in the government's handling of marijuana matters. Last month, DEA Administrator Ann Milligram committed, excuse me, committed that asking the Department of Health and Human Services for a timeline on the ongoing review of marijuana's federal scheduling status. Milgram said that the DEA has not re yet received a scheduling recommendation from HHS, which is carrying out a significant review into marijuana. When the agency does receive it, it will then carry out its own eight-factor analysis and open public comment before making the final call. Administrator told, also told Representative Matt Gates. President that the president had sent a letter to the secretary of HHS and the attorney general asking for the scheduling, descheduling process and when it will begin. But earlier this month, HHS said that it had no record of that document. You guys, you can read the MMJ's full filing with the DC Circuit on the Hyatt Nine News um, link. You can see the full article here. And I'm just really, really interested in seeing what all of you guys have to say. I'm thinking that um, MMJ is definitely setting the stage for the potential of more lawsuits to come. What the hell is going on with the DEA? This is Mandy Tingler, aka Carmen Sacramento, coming to you live from Hyatt 9 News. What do you guys think? Oh, DEA is a legal fiction that's designed to obfuscate for the CIA's involvement with drug cartels. At the same time, uh, attacking communities of color. Yes. <laughs> we all know something. Mm -hmm. yeah. Death to the DEA. Oh boy. Uh, I see you, Gretchen. They You're on mute. Focus on Delta Eight. Focus on Delta Eight. That's a, it's a new jam, right? Anyway, I think I think nothing is going to come of this lawsuit. Truly, I think that the DEA is going to get away with doing whatever the fuck they want. They're going to take as long as they want. They're going to come up with some wonderful excuse. And I don't think this the court's gonna step on the DEA at all. I mean, the DEA. I mean, I I deeply hope it does set some sort of precedent because every single cannabis business operator has been significantly affected by the amount of time that it takes to go from starting your business to being operable. Everybody loses millions in that process because. The, the bureaucracy takes way too long to navigate from start to finish. And it doesn't really have much to do with the operators most of the time. It has to do with the local offices or state offices that come in and take forever to schedule appointments with and jerk you around with all sorts of unrealistic needs and requirements that other businesses don't have to have. Well, I hear you. I don't think anyone is going to care. Until there is legalization. I don't think the courts are going to step up and do anything for businesses that they consider to be federally illegal. Oh, this one has some legs to stand on. I mean, they were granted some of this opportunity and it's been dragging on and on and on. So one thing I do appreciate about the big dollar folks who are investing in this industry, they have expensive lawyers to make noise. Mm -hmm. That is very, very true. But I do like what... Uh, Ben LeBone said in the chat, he said, Congress calling someone the epitome of ineptitude is an oxymoron. This one, Ben, I agree. Yes. I like his other comment about descheduler bust. Um, descheduling drugs, all drugs, really represents the most uh, socially equitable policy because hard drugs, although 
know, they they are dangerous uh, when not used um, by professionals and when used with people with trauma. The enforcement apparatus aimed at hard drug use really uh, unfairly targets again communities of color. And if we get into descheduling, we can get so, something back to akin like the two fifteen world where all businesses are able to thrive. Small businesses that focus on quality, but because of deschedulization instead of legalization, corporations and publicly uh, owned entities would then be uh, barricaded out of the the lane. Interesting. Hmm. You have any thoughts on this, Chris? I'm just soaking up a game from um, MSG over there. Oh, you're soaking up all that MSG, huh? <laughs> I thought you. I thought I. I thought I'd lay it out there, Jay, and I was like, "Oh, he's gonna." Yeah, just... you already. Yeah, you know. Yeah, bro, you can't can't leave There's leave those gang. things out there on the streets for me like that. No, uh, no, no, no. Speaking of MSG, I think we should just roll right into MSG. What do you think about this, Rico? Let's keep it going. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so up next, he's an immortal cannabis wizard with two count them two. PhDs in tripping balls. And he's also the co-host of What's Good podcast, where he regularly drops timeless truth bombs on the globe, globally clueless masses. Here to do the same damn thing and bring us home today. Y'all know who it is. The man, the myth, the legend, the man with diamonds all over his clothing. Matthew St. Germain. Hey! Oh, I got one. Well, look at that, too. Uh, so I have a rare story from Marijuana Moment. Um, this one was passed to me by uh, one of our, my fellow correspondents here. It talks about uh, Republicans being more supportive of psychedelics. Um, so two stop, uh, top state elected officials, one Democrat, one Republican, are calling on the federal government to move forward on psychedelics reform. Saying the opportunity to improve the lives of people with PTSD and other ailments shouldn't boil down to partisan politics. Try to tell people this isn't partisan at all. Let's take our labels away on this one, former Texas Governor Rick Perry said in a new documentary from Reason. This is about humankind. This is about taking care of individuals. This is about saving lives. This is about give, p- giving people their lives back. Despite claiming the issue shouldn't be about politics, he went on to assert that the GOP lawmakers are more open to reform than Democrats are, at least among those in Congress. At the federal level, this is more supported by Republicans, he said. Some members of Congress on both sides of the aisle are, are warming to psychedelics reform. Last year, a bipartisan group founded by the Psychedelics Advancing Clinical Treatments Caucus to focus on exploring psychedelic research to alleviate the U.S. mental health crisis. Uh, just like cannabis, the people are ahead of the politicians, a polis and other former congressmen said of the change. And despite dire warnings from critics, the negative consequences of marijuana legalization never materialized. Think if we fast forward 10 years, he said, we want to have that same story to tell on natural medicine and psychedelics. Both politicians spoke this summer at the MAP Psychedelic Conference in Denver, Polis said he wanted Colorado to take the lead on pardoning people with psychedelics-related criminal convictions. Perry, for his part, jokingly described himself at the event as the dark, knuckle-dragging, right-wing Republican former governor of Texas, which is spot on. Then added, I love Rick Doblin, referring to longtime drug policy activist, MAP's co-founder, who exited his role as executive director of the organization earlier this year. While Perry and Polis are now outspoken in their support, both politicians initially took some convincing. Perry thinks Republicans in Congress are more open to federal psychedelic reform because a substantial number of them are veterans, um, and this is mostly House members, not senators, who have been uh, positively affected by psychedelic use as well as having their friends see alleviation of PTSD through cannabis and psychedelic use. I'm not for legalization of all drugs. The former Texas governor emphasized 
He believes there's room for movement on psychedelics. Um, so I just want to highlight a couple things before uh, punting this to the to the crew here. Um, for one, you know, Rick Perry's doing the old pat himself on the back for for psychedelics, but we have to remember that it was Richard Nixon who declared the war on drugs specifically to target the anti-war movement, uh, the movement that was against the military-industrial intelligence complex taking over America and stealing our rights. Uh, Reagan in California was doing the same thing, and then Reagan, a Republican, went on to, at the same time he was serving crack cocaine to the black community and uh, using the cocaine wave decimating the black communities to imprison more black people. And Nancy were on screen again with this just say no bullshit, so... Let's not ever excuse any of these Republicans for their role in this, and that doesn't excuse the Democrats either. They're just the other wing of the same shitbird. And then I want to move one one more step because we're seeing all of this stuff about psychedelics helping veterans with PTSD. The better way to help veterans with PTSD, and that's to close the 750 military bases that are located overseas. Those aren't the military bases in the U.S. To bring that $800 billion, nearly a trillion dollars, on those bases back home to help people. If we stop sending American children and young adults to other countries to murder people for their resources, we're not so much at risk of using psychedelics as the Soma in a Brave New World kind of stuckle or spackle, spackle over the trauma and, and the, the, the failure of the system and the mass amount of organized violence perpetrated by this state in order to try to maintain control of the world and St. Germain on a Monday. Man, I just love, I just, I just love how uh, right uh, all of this. Yeah. Uh, you give Republican support uh, when it's not tied to a uh, hundred years of reefer madness, uh, propaganda tied to black and brown communities. Though, right. Or to that Rico. I see. I see what you're trying to do there, Rico. What I'm trying to do? Like, is is that not fact? Is what it is. I see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is it not fact? <laughs> oh man! You know what? I I I thought this was a good story overall. It does show some growth and some evolution um, on, on the party, and so so I'm taking it as as a positive story as steps in the right direction. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as to that yeah yeah it's positive direction um yeah they're ignoring what's right in front of their faces though if you have all of this research showing that yeah, cannabis is helping with medicine uh in, in the medicinal format and it's, it's been helping people for decades um plus and they have that um uh, documented too like why not say cannabis too mm-hmm. <laughs> very very true any they're thoughts? really focusing, so they're focusing on discrete use of, of particular psychedelics with psychotherapy and talk therapy, which is great for people with trauma, but it's also a much easier and more controllable state. It's much less like giving somebody a bunch of mushrooms and setting them free in the forest, or having somebody take like five gravity bong hits, you know, you're in an uncontrollable state where you're more in direct contact with an intelligence that arises from within you, call it what you want. And you're far less controllable. And that's when you start waking up to the fact that like the world is a circle. There's only one human family and, and there's nowhere we can actually pass this buck along to. And so what we need to do is we need to respect, support the life systems on our earth and treat everyone like our family members and stop engaging in warfare and stop ripping everybody off and trying to have the boot, our boot on, on the necks of the world that doesn't support us policy. Well, that's another reason why, why controlled 
pharmaceutical psychedelic usage by prescription with a therapist is being pushed because it's literally it's it's a way to provide a benefit but a controllable benefit well at the same time too matthew it's it's also a way for, to allow for big pharma to be the only people that that are able to to work with right. this product as well as make any type of money off of it therefore still creating a illicit industry that everybody knows is going on but politicians don't want to admit is really there really correct they they replace you know they replace the fact that you might turn on to the fact that we're all god and we're all related and we need to respect nature and really they'd rather just have you you know feel better and be a good worker and recover from all of the you know horrendous shit you did for the u.s military overseas and go back and become a good worker you know that's really aim of a lot of this and and again you get you don't need fifteen thousand dollars in a therapist some people do if they have heavy amounts of trauma Mostly, if you can just find a quiet place in the wilderness and an eighth of mushrooms, work the whole thing out. You got any thoughts on this, Gretchen? I agree with St. Germain. You agree with St. Germain. <laughs> That's it? That's all you got to say? Well, yeah. Follow the mushrooms. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Gretchen's going to do some mushrooms today with a talk to her Barbie doll. Ooh. Hey, you guys not? actually work this time, or is that just gonna make your uh, your tea all stanky? Dude, <laughs> chunk just does not have an effect on me. What can I say? Oh, you're not it's the trying, red hair. You're not trying the right stuff. I'll tell you that. Oh please! If I've heard, I've heard that so many times. I'm sure you have from all you booth peddlers. But you haven't. You Jason haven't. Beck. You, yeah. Booth yeah, peddler. The booth peddler. The booth peddler. Yeah, right. Like she knows that's not real. But whatever, you know, oh Gretchen likes to live in the fantasy hour. world. <laughs> yes, indeed. But thank you all for joining us for today's episode of I at Night News. You can catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans showing love and getting their comments live on the big screen. Our live audience members and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day. To our vetted uh, correspondents tuning in from all over, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table as well. To our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, all our sponsors keeping the lights on, AV struggles to a minimum, and of course, the lovely Zsa Simone holding us all the way down on the other platforms. And as always, Cannabis Steva L, the reason the High Nine News team reads these headlines every single day. Mushrooms and uh, psychedelics too. Thank you all. And it's been Monday, August 21st, 2023. The show is over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines ho is enough to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tuesday my name is rico let me the dopest dad on the street for high at nine news um gretchen gailey what you got for us you know, are you gonna take us out today she's still on she, i ain't got she, much she, i don't know what do you want me to say jason's a booth peddler avoid yeah, the booth never, peddlers never oh boy hey, Monday.